your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Special crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Los Angeles Kings podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On LA Kings podcast your first listen of the day. For everybody on the Los Angeles Kings feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And with me is not only the host of Locked On Los Angeles Kings, she is also the Wednesday host of the Locked On NHL National Show. It is Sarah Avampato. Sarah, how are you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm ready to see uh, how this game unfolds because I think you've got some news for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For sure. And it's funny because uh, before we get to the the news, something for the uh, like kind of to get the listeners in on on you you and I. uh, It's funny because outside of these podcasts, we don't you and I talk more about cats more than we do uh, hockey. So because yeah. you and I are cat people for for sure. <laughs> so yeah. So there's some news with the Florida yeah. Panthers. Yeah. Um the after Ryan Lomberg was put on the COVID list uh on Tuesday, he missed the game against the Ottawa Senators, which was a game where the cats got just manhandled eight to two of a final score. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added four more players and a member of their traveling party to the COVID list. Those players are Sam Bennett, Carter Hagee, Radko Gudis, and Brandon Montour. So, and this isn't the only team that has had added a lot of players to the COVID mm-hmm. list. This has been a league-wide, not only league-wide, but multiple sports leagues that have been having issues lately uh, with COVID-19 and it's really starting to become a little bit of a concern for me, Sarah, not going to lie. Yeah, it's been, it's, I feel like everyone's kind of like, when are the, when's this going to hit the Kings? Because we've had like, it'll, every so often there'll be one guy who goes off on the list for a little while, but we haven't had this like widespread impact that all these other teams are having. And, you know, we talked about it on the, on Wednesday for the national show of, you know, started in Calgary, kind of, you know, just the host of Calgary Flames, like, she's like, yeah, kind of might have been my team, we might have been the like, super spreader, but it's kind of going across, like, I know Ottawa had huge problems. Uh, the, the Kings right now are supposed to play the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday, and it looks like that game's gonna go forward. Uh, the, but should it? I, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's, it's looking dire. I don't like it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you have travel plans uh, to go over mm-hmm. to uh, Raleigh yeah. uh, for that game. So that must 
create a little bit of uh, anxiety uh, for, for you as somebody's like, am I going to be going for a game or am I just mm-hmm. going to go and uh, hang out? Uh, yeah. And like, fortunately, like I have, I have friends who live out there and I like already have plans to go, you know, see a friend and go see a concert. So like there's other stuff going on, but still, you know, going to the game and, you know, uh, going to meet up with Locked on Hurricanes host, Jared Ellis. We're going to go hang out, go see the hockey game. Uh, and now it's like, going to happen? Is gonna it going to happen? I don't know. Am I just mm-hmm. going to sit around and watch a movie instead? I don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. And same, um, another, another team that was also, it's funny because just a few weeks ago, we were just focused, well, last week, excuse me, we were just focused on three teams who have major outbreaks of mm-hmm. the Islanders, Senators, mm-hmm. and Flames, but now it's all at one time yeah. with multiple teams. The yeah. I believe the Predators as well have mm-hmm. added like seven players on, on the yeah. list. Carolina has added two. Uh, mm-hmm. But they didn't, thankfully for the Hurricanes, they didn't have any additional ones today. So yeah. as of right yeah. now. So that is that is one good thing about Carolina's part mm-hmm. of it. I'm not sure what other team it's been. It's been a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, every I feel like every as soon as you read anything about it, it's already out of date because some other team has just announced, you know, this guy and that guy. I think I saw something that has like Calgary has like 17 people. I'm like, that's basically a hockey team. Like I, I they can't play like they just can't like who who's going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as of now, we, we're we here to talk Florida Panthers and. Los Angeles Kings right now for the Florida Panthers side of things, they're scheduled to have a 10 a.m. morning skate at FLA live arena. The Los, the Los Angeles Kings will be coming to town. They're already, I mean, they're already in town where uh, there'll be the puck drop will be at 7 PM local time for, for these two teams. They're, they're in the middle of their East coast, Florida swing along with the Ottawa senators. So Let's transition over to the next segment where we'll be asking each other questions about each other's teams heading into this matchup. So keep it right here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Los Angeles Kings. No one plays fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know or who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner take all. And here's the crazy part: Stat Hero shows you their lineup before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play, and for Stat Hero, has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head-to-head, is what daily fantasy should be, one-on-one. Sign up free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey. Use promo code hockey for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash hockey. Promo code hockey. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Los Angeles Kings podcast. I am Armando Velez. I have Sarah Avampado of 
Locked On Los Angeles Kings with me. And I have a very, very, very strange observation right now, Sarah. Yes. The Los Angeles Kings, like I mentioned in the first segment, are in the middle of their Florida swing Mm -hmm. where they faced Tampa Bay on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. Florida on Thursday. And it just so happens that the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday are on played Florida on Tuesday and Tampa on Thursday. And it just so happens to be the two teams that had a little bit of a situation Mm -hmm. uh, just a few weeks ago out in LA where Brandon Lemieux bites Mm -hmm. Brady Kachuk. You have all these comments about Brandon Lemieux, even former NHL referee Tim Peel talks about it on Frank Zaravelli's show Daily Faceoff about uh, going off on Brandon Lemieux. I want to talk about that suspension. Was it enough? What were your initial thoughts when all of that happened? I mean, my initial thoughts were like, I can't believe we have to tell grown men not to bite each other. Like, this is ridiculous. And and the the most frustrating thing about it, and you know, was the suspension enough? Yes and no. Like, yes, if you look at kind of the context of how player safety, like you just throw a dart and that's their decision. So it, mm. it, it's, it's who knows, like, because then you see some guy knee someone in the head and he only gets like two games or something. So is it enough? Is it too much? It depends on what day, like what side of the bed player safety guys got out of. Um, but the, the frustrating thing about it, looking at it from a King's perspective is that like, I wasn't a fan of that trade when they made it in the first place. I was like, I don't really know why we need this guy, like what he contributes. Um, he does have that reputation. Uh, obviously, anyone from the Kings is going to deny that he's not well-liked or anything. Like, no one's going to smack talk their teammate. But he came with that reputation of his teammates don't like him. He's not a good guy in the room. So, you know, I wasn't surprised to hear any of those comments from people. But he was actually like in that stretch of games right before that happened, he was playing really well. Like he was helping provide depth scoring. He was, you know, playing that kind of gritty game that is a pest, but on the right side of the line. And I was like, okay, like maybe I I need to reevaluate what I think about this guy. Like he, maybe he's actually like gotten the message and is playing a better game and then he bites someone. So I was like, okay, well, guess we didn't learn anything. Uh, but then the first game back for him against the Minnesota Wild, he scored the game-winning goal. So he, you know, he he is not Brad Marchand. I'm not going to compare him in any way skill-wise to Brad Marchand. But Marchand is a guy who has made a career out of being annoying and a pest and, like, being kind of dirty, but has turned it around. And now people are like, oh, you're actually good at hockey. And I'm like, can you do that instead? Can you, like be good, but also annoying, but not get yourself suspended. Like, let's try that. So it's, it's ridiculous. Now this is two generations of uh, Kachucks and Lemuse who have beef with one another because their dads also got into it in, in the NHL. Um, and now the Kings have beef with both Kachuk brothers because Drew Doughty and the other one that's in Calgary have like a long-standing feud too so I'm like great is there another one <laughs> like are, are there any other Kachucks that we need to like worry about is it just those two are we done I think that could be a pretty decent uh storyline for the league uh based on generations right? like yeah it, it's good for uh personal rivalries yeah uh, for sure um yeah. I I want to talk about a little bit about kind of the resurgence of Jonathan Quick Mm-hmm. Um, and 
what a great season he's having. 2.09 say um goals against average 931 save percentage and when next season comes around, the cap hit for goalies is going to be around the same dollar amount as mm-hmm. where the Florida Panthers are right now with Spence yeah. Knight and Sergey Bobrovsky except 10 million of it is towards one goalie and less than a million <laughs> is towards one, but it's going to be split equal next yeah. year. Um, what what are your opinions about the resurgence of Jonathan quick and what does that mean for Cal Peterson or vice versa? Yeah. I mean, I, so this year, I feel like the expectation this year was really like one, a one B they were going to kind of split time evenly. And then for whatever reason this year, a Cal Peterson has struggled and B, if you watch the team, how they play in front of quick, how versus how they play in front of Peterson, they don't play the same way, uh, you know, and part of that's just familiarity. Like they've been, especially the core guys have been playing with Jonathan quick for ages. So they know, okay, I can take a little bit more risks and he's going to be there to bail me out. Like they don't entirely have that comfort level with Peterson yet, but you know, they just signed him to a big uh, extension for uh, kicks in next year. Like you said, we're going to start paying out big money. Uh, and we're all kind of like, all right, well, is this the fluke year where you don't look very good? And then you turn it back around because that could be a problem. Uh, he's everyone who's everyone has thought of as the goalie of the future. He's been great, but this year, for whatever reason, just not looking so good. So it's been amazing to see Jonathan Quick look like Jonathan Quick of old. Uh, and I know he had like an off-season surgery thing to clear up, I think something in his shoulder. Uh, so like he he's looking so good. And it's it's kind of frustrating because every all of us have been like, all right, like we're looking towards the future. We're looking towards transitioning away from Jonathan Quick. And now we're like, can we just re-sign him for one more year or something? Like just in case, like, is he going to stick around? Do we need him? Are we ready to say goodbye? And like right now, the answer is no, we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just that, just that whole Los Angeles Kings uh, core has kind of... Mm-hmm been on a roller coaster where you win two Stanley Cups and then you go through a rebuild. You have one more. This is the last season under Dustin Brown's current Mm -hmm. contract and he's been there for ages along with Anze Anze Kopitar has two more years after this, but Anze Kopitar, as far as the heart and soul of the team kind of really reminds you of Alexander Barkov for the Florida Mm -hmm. Panthers uh, as far as like what he means to the team multiple time Selkie uh, trophy winner mm-hmm. and Barkov who just won it last year. Just, it, it's just, it's just amazing about what a guy uh, means to a team for, for so long. And I hope that when Barkov is age 37, which is what mm-hmm. Kopitar is right now that I'll see, I'll be able to see Barkov as a Florida Panther. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, just, just seeing, you know, the thing I love about Kopitar is like, you always hear about just, Hey, he's a guy you've no one's ever said anything bad about him. Like, you know, on the ice, off the ice, he's the guy that, you know, the rookies always live with him and, you know, always just really trying to make sure that, you know, everyone fits in on the team and that everyone's doing okay. And to be both like that good of a human and also like usually the best player on the ice for the Kings still at this age, uh, this age, like he's ancient, uh, you know, but it's, he's, yeah, I don't know what this team would look like without him. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said Kopitar was thirty-seven. I meant to say uh, thirty-four. Uh, by by the way, but and it's funny because um, you were talking about rookies living with uh, Kopitar. Um, Alexander Barkov is actually doing that 
last time I checked, he's doing that currently with Anton Lundell. Anton Aww. Lundell just recently signed his ELC and he, mm-hmm. they're living together just north of uh, Broward County in Boca Raton. So Anton Lundell, who's getting used to the, the US for the first time coming over from Finland, a fellow countryman <laughs> who played in the world juniors with, with Finland as well and averaged over a point per game, almost wow. averaged almost a point per game in his final season in Liga and has really, and that I could just imagine what conversations they probably have off the mm-hmm. ice about getting along and, and how that could really yeah. get to the ice, especially since they're both, when healthy, they're together mm-hmm. on the penalty kill. That's number oh, one. Oh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what about one conversation that it hasn't been really talked about too much around the league one thing that people talk about is cap hits for defensemen Mm -hmm. and a lot of times something that's brought up is two players number Mm -hmm. one is eric carlson of the san jose sharks the other one is your boy jude Jude dowdy what are you thinking about uh cap hit when it comes to drew dowdy versus production on the ice um it's a terrible contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is what it is. Uh, it's not only terrible, like in general, it's also, so he wind back the clock to when he signed this contract, he actually did it on his own. He didn't use an agent for it. Um, and the contract is actually very terribly structured for him in the event of like a lockout or something. Like it's just, it's just a bad deal all around for everybody. Uh, and it goes forever, like just forever. Uh, and you know, the past couple of seasons haven't been great for him. And so it's been really kind of a thing that, you know, Kings fans are frustrated about, like, and then we're, we're frustrated about hearing it from other people of like, haha, the Drew Doughty contract. Um, and he, he hasn't been performing up to it the past couple of years, but this season he, you know, came out at the gate and before he was injured and missed a couple, couple weeks or a month or so, I think he was like leading defenseman in points. He was looking like the Drew Doughty of old, uh, the one that like would have deserved that contract. And so he has looked pretty good as well since he came back from this injury. Um, is he going to be able to sustain that throughout his whole contract? No, uh, it, it's, you know, it's a contract that pays for past performance, but we're going to be paying for past performance for like the next eight years or something. I mean, I think it's shorter than that, but it's, I don't like it, but the the deal is done and you just have to hope that by the time he really starts to go downhill that uh, I don't know, they've introduced a couple more of those compliance buyouts or something that you can get it off the books, but it's like, it's one of those deals. Like you had to make it like you couldn't just let Drew Doughty walk. Um, Mm -hmm. But yikes. Yeah. And I'm seeing how it ends in the, 2026 offseason which i believe that's the same year that uh bobrovsky's mm. uh contract and <laughs> it's it's widely talked about as far from a goalie perspective how that's one of the worst contracts mm-hmm. in the nhl as well but thankfully for the florida <laughs> panther side of things he's definitely had a little bit of a resurgence yeah. himself so both the kings and the yeah. panthers have had a little bit of a resurgence in goalie play so that's um a great thing yeah can't complain too much mm-hmm. one a lot of uh, also a lot of talk about how the la kings were one of the big winners this offseason uh signing philip Deneau away mm-hmm. from the 
Montreal Canadiens. What how, what are your thoughts on his contribution so far? Um, I I loved the signing when they made it. Um, I, I think that could it be an overpay a couple years down the line? Maybe, but uh, he, I, I, you know, so for uh, Panthers listeners who don't know my background, I originally started out in hockey covering the Chicago Blackhawks because that's where I live. That's the local team. Uh, and Phil Deneau used to be a Blackhawks prospect. They drafted him. And so I, that was around the time when I started covering the team. So I've been following him essentially since he turned pro and was really bummed that the Blackhawks traded him to Montreal because I was like, why are you just getting rid of this guy for nothing? Like he's going to be so good for you. And then they made a really stupid trade. So it's great that he's come full circle and has like come back to me on the team I cover now. Um, I think he's been great. I think that he, uh, you know, there's talk of like, oh, is he there to keep like take some of the pressure off of Kopitar and let Kopitar be more, you know, offensive minded, like, yes and no. Um, the important thing about him is that, you know, he gives the Kings another option down the middle in defensive situations. He, he gives them, you know, Kopitar doesn't have to take every single draw in the defensive zone and, you know, hope for the best. Uh, Deneau has been really strong in that aspect. And like, you know, people are like, you don't sign Phil Deneau for, for his goals because he doesn't score a ton of them, but he, his line if you look at like any of the fancy stats in terms of like expected goals and everything, the lines he is on is not only like the best on the Kings, but like among the top in the NHL. Uh, So he, despite not being thought of as an offensive player, like has been helping drive play. And uh, I'm just really pleased with the signing. And I think it's especially going to pay off once we have um, Quentin Byfield back in the lineup and then we'll have, you know, even more depth down the middle with him there. But I, I, for one, am a big fan of the Phil Deneau signing. And I feel like it was Rob Blake's present to me specifically uh, for all the nonsense we put up with. Mm-hmm. And you talk about um, not uh, scoring, um, the not known as a goal scorer. And you talk about the the advanced stuff when it comes to defensively and L.A., in general, they're one of the best defensive teams in the NHL, um, seventh in goals against uh, per game. And of course, that comes also at the back end of Jonathan Quick as well, along mm-hmm. with uh, the defensive forwards that they have a- as well. And you mentioned Quentin Byfield. He just recently uh, came back to, mm-hmm. to action uh, playing for the Ontario Reign. Um, Cat Friendly doesn't have him in the lineup. So unfortunately, I'm not going <laughs> to yep. see him in Byfield at NHL no, action on Thursday. Not yet. Damn it. So uh, <laughs> when do you expect him to be back? You know, I, I would say, like, I would say maybe January-ish. Um, mm. I, you could tell like, he, he's only gotten one game in so far, I think, with the rain uh, because their schedule got a little messed up because of COVID uh, with other teams. So, you know, he, he only was recently cleared to play, but in that one game, you could see he's rusty. You could see that he hasn't played in several months, but he, when he was on the ice, he was creating chances. He, despite the injury and recovering from it was still one of the fastest guys out there and just making plays that other guys on that team aren't making. So, uh, you know, I feel like you give him a handful more games to kind of shake that rust off and get back into a rhythm and, you know, get the body and the hands all moving together again. And then you bring them back up and deal with whatever lineup problems it creates. Like it's a good problem to have to be like, Oh darn, we have to fit our number two draft pick in here somewhere. Like, 
Uh, but mm. yeah, I, I'd say they're, I, I think that they will be, especially knowing that they're not in a playoff spot right now. Like I think they'll be, they're not going to rush him. Hopefully um, they've been pretty cautious with him. So I, I think that he'll, he'll get some time to get the game together. And then there's no reason he shouldn't be on this team as soon as he's ready. And for LA, just like how I, I said the same thing with Ottawa, the, they might not make the playoffs this year, but they're one step closer to definitely making it back next year mm-hmm. uh, for sure. As they take, as they're looking to like take a really another step in rebuilding. I mean, LA has one of the best is mm-hmm. talked about as one of the best farm systems in all of uh, the NHL. So definitely uh, some, something that's widely talked about and something that I'm anticipating. I mean, the Pacific is a little better than we anticipated. We mm-hmm. all talked about how Vegas is going to run away with mm-hmm. it, but look at how Calgary yeah. looked. Anaheim yeah. was a surprise and all. And the Golden Knights just traded for Jack Eichel. So, <laughs> so I mean, not just. It's but so crazy that, like, I didn't forget about that, but just, like, it happened, and I was like, I'm never thinking about this again. <laughs> mm-hmm. For for sure. and And – it, it, it has become a way better division than we yeah. than we definitely um, anticipated this year. But we're we're going to transition into the next segment where we're going to talk a little bit more about tonight's game between the Florida Panthers and the Los Angeles Kings. So keep it right here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Kings. Got beard? Get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. This is due to the exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, rose, hip, and chia seed oil. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Not only are the products and dedication to quality top-notch, the company was founded for a noble cause. The founder, Stephen's mother, was injured in a car accident, and the company was started to pay for her treatment and recovery. Most companies focus on fragrance first, and that leads to a product that does not feel good on the skin. We took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure a product that feels great and still smells fantastic. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beard to other companies you've used. We promise you'll see and feel the difference. Remember, the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off. That is PrimalOriginOils.com. Welcome back to this final segment of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Los Angeles Kings podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Sarah Evan Pato of Locked On Kings and the Wednesday host of 
Locked On NHL. So, Sarah, <laughs> with this game weirdly still being on for Thursday night, which these two teams will be facing one again. One of them will be shorthanded in the Florida Panthers, but the Florida Panthers last week, they faced off against the St. Louis blues team on the road at the enterprise center, who was shorthanded as well. They, they played only 10 forwards and found a way to lose in that one. So it was, it was a no excuses type of game for St. Louis. They found a way to win. Mm -hmm. And for the Florida Panthers side of things, I don't know how the cap situation is going to work for them when it, when it comes to fitting in um, the amount of players who they're going to bring up from the AHL uh, or who, or even, which is one thing that I've thought about, I thought about, are they going to rush Alexander Barkov off from IR because he's eligible Mm. to come back on Thursday? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a question I legitimately have. Is, <laughs> is, is he going to be even healthy enough to play? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, that's a big question that I had going into this one, even like whenever you read off that list of names of guys who are out of the roster, out of the lineup because of COVID, you know, it's not just a bunch of like fourth liners who you can just plug and play some other guy. Those are guys who've been making big contributions to the team. So like, who who fills in for them? How who who gets the job done? Especially knowing that Barkov may or may not be playing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and it's funny because they didn't place him on IR until until Tuesday, uh, right before their game against the Senators. But it was retro to the last Tuesday, so they waited until the very last minute until he was actually a week um, into missing games. So, the, I mean, of course, they did it for the roster spot. They brought up Alexi Hepaniemi, a former mm-hmm. uh, second-round uh, pick for the Panthers, it, to place into Ryan Lomberg's spot into the lineup. But they're, they're, even though they had a really rough night at the office on Tuesday against the Ottawa Senators, their AHL affiliate was very impressive, where they won 11-1 against, oh, the Rock- right. <laughs> <Yeah>, against the <laughs> Rochester Americans uh, just the other day. I mean – that affiliate is combined with the Seattle Kraken affiliate. So not all the goals were scored by uh, Panthers prospects. Some, some, some of them were, um, f- were uh, scored by uh, Seattle, but it, if, if they're, if some of them are being brought up and they have this much momentum um, with, with, from what they had in the minors, it could be beneficial for them, but Hey, mm-hmm. It's a different. This is a different speed that they'd be going against mm-hmm. in the NA at the NHL level. And before Tuesday's game against Ottawa, is like, do not sleep on these Senators. They won <laughs> four out of five, and mm-hmm. look what happened. And yeah. same thing with the Los Angeles Kings. They take the the Tampa Bay Lightning into overtime on the road, a, a very tough environment mm-hmm. to play in Amelie Arena. And it this could be the very same thing when they come into Sunrise, Florida. Yeah, I mean, that's been so I feel like looking at the Kings schedule lately, all of the games where I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be terrible. Like they're going to they're going to lose. Like there's no way they're going to pull out a win have been the games that they've won. Like they beat Edmonton. They beat the Wild. uh, They beat the Dallas Stars, who were really hot at the time, uh, taking Tampa to overtime. Like that was a winnable game for the Kings. They shouldn't have been, been in overtime. They gave up two leads throughout the game. 
so they they kind of blew that one a little bit. Uh, there was also a missed call in overtime that led directly to the Tampa Bay winning goal, but I'm not mad about that or anything. Um, but the the and the games that I thought that they should have won easily, they got shut out by the Vancouver Canucks. So I feel like every time I think this team is going to do well, they do poorly. So I'm I'm going to go into this game with the attitude of kind of like what you said of St. Louis of like, this is a team playing shorthanded. They feel like they've got something to prove now. Uh, so I'm giving the edge to Florida, but I'm thinking like reverse psychology here. Like maybe the Kings are going to pull it out because they, you know, are coming in confident. They're probably mad about the fact that they lost to Tampa. Uh, I think they've lost to Tampa in Tampa, like nine years in a row or something. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> it's always like catastrophic. I feel like this road trip, is always even when the Panthers have been not good I feel like the Kings still find a way to lose to them there <laughs> and don't get too discouraged about being shut out by the Vancouver Canucks because <laughs> what they have done ever since bringing Bruce Boudreaux mm-hmm. in they it's just wild. <laughs> just on Tuesday against the Columbus Blue Jackets mm-hmm. I, I mean I was asleep in the middle of the game I found out the next morning <laughs> They were down three, nothing. And then they come back and win. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh my God. And yeah. I still look at the standings in the Pacific <laughs> and see how far behind they are despite a five game mm-hmm. losing streak. So they dug themselves that much into yeah. a hole. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's nuts how even, I mean, Vancouver had to clean house. There was just, yeah, so there was much. no, no way around it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking at the Canucks uh, schedule again. And I saw that that was the very first game of yeah. the Bruce Boudreau area so yeah. yeah I feel like as soon as they fired everybody Kings fans are looking at that game like oh we're not gonna win it's the, it's the new coach bump like it's the you know the, I've been called the Bruce Boudreau bump of he comes in everyone's pumped up like players are excited I mean the city you saw the kind of the same thing happen in Chicago after they uh got rid of Jeremy Colleton and now they've actually been looking decent under uh their new coach and you're like, what, what you're the same guys, like nothing has changed, but mm-hmm. now you look like you actually know what you're doing. So I, now we can't write off Vancouver anymore. I guess our old nemesis, Bruce Rougeau is here to <laughs> mess it all up for us. Mm-hmm. They could play, they could play a bit of spoiler, but making the playoffs, I would, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat it. But no. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Chicago, they won again. Um, um, yeah. They defeated the Washington Capitals by a final score of five to four. I believe that was overtime. Yes, it was an it was an overtime game. So the Hockey's the run so that, weird this year. <laughs> it, this is this is a weird year. I mean, we've had we've had four different coaching changes. Three yeah. of them firings. One of them resignation with mm-hmm. the Florida Panthers and uh, Coach Quenville. So there was there, there there's been a lot of. Uh, I, I, at least on the top of my head, I don't remember there being a time where there's been four yeah. um, coaching changes before Christmas. Yeah. And like all the front office changes like Montreal and it's just a weird year. Just weird. I'm always glad when it's not my team in the middle of all the drama. Um, and then I think that, and then Brendan Lee goes and bites someone, bring it full mm-hmm. circle. <laughs> <laughs> For, for for sure, and I mean, some you'll have some weird storyline in, in in some type of game. I mean, last year the biggest storyline in game was the whole Tom Wilson and mm-hmm. New York Rangers, mm-hmm. 
I mean, at least on the ice stories. And then I remember, I, I, especially, especially last year, last year, it was a, because these divisions were so separated, I felt like a lot of the more of the games that I watched were more that were not Florida Panther games were just strictly in division. And I wasn't watching really much of any out of division mm-hmm. team. Yeah. So yeah. I remember when that whole situation happened with Tom Wilson and Artemi Panarin and Pavel Bushnevich. Mm-hmm. I remember I made sure 100% sure that uh-huh. I was going to tune into that, ne- that very, that yep. and it was nationally televised. I, mm-hmm. I, I was going to, see the repercussions yeah. of it and my yeah. goodness what a it was a mess <laughs> yeah yeah well there's teams now that i'm like because i didn't see them at all last year i watched them i'm like who are all you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> how'd you get there <laughs> yeah and it's crazy what the these teams are doing with the flat cap which mm-hmm. it's only going to raise a million next year according to according to some of the reporters from the board of governors uh, meetings not a lot but some some teams could benefit at, at least the teams mm-hmm. that have a lot of cap space i mean the kings according to their cap friendly page have 23 million in cap space next year so they're gonna really benefit um definitely yeah. for uh for next year for sure so uh, i'm i'm excited i'm excited to see i'm excited to see this king's team it's not only this year but next as they mm-hmm. make that big jump um, some of their early round picks are going to make their way into the NHL level. And Hey, some of those players who kind of went through hell and back for mm-hmm. the LA Kings with the, with winning a cup rebuilding, mm-hmm. and then maybe they could maybe yeah. be back to relevance. Maybe. Yeah. We deserve nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But <laughs> all right, well, this is going to be it for this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Los Angeles Kings crossover edition. After this one, the Florida Panthers and the Los Angeles Kings won't be meeting again until March at, let, let me let me repeat it for my listeners. It's going to be called the Crypto.com Arena. And I see Sarah shaking her head I at hate that it. title. I hate it. It's so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> Someone even made the point on another show that I was talking to that was like, they didn't even, like, the deal was made in, like, actual human cash dollars. Like, if you're making a deal to rename the thing crypto whatever nonsense arena, you didn't even buy the name with Bitcoin or whatever. Like, Doesn't make sense. eh? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's horrible. It's always going to be Staples Center. Yep, especially with three teams uh playing yeah. there the the legacy and mm-hmm. how many historic events have happened there um i remember michael jackson's uh, funeral service was there mm-hmm. as well that was a big event yeah as well there so it's yeah. still staples center so <laughs> good luck to them but no no one's for, gonna call it crypto whatever <laughs> for sure so for my listeners uh tell them where they can find you and your work online Sure. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at right said Sarah. It's W R I T E said Sarah with an H. Uh, Locked on Kings is of course available wherever you get your podcasts and uh, at Locked on LA Kings on Twitter. Um, if you're into World Juniors and prospects at all, I'm going to be talking with Chris Peters coming up soon, uh, focusing on Kings prospects, but hopefully getting just sort of an overview of World Juniors in general. Um, if you're into prospects, it's like the, your favorite time of year. 
Um, and then if you're into writing or reading things, reading words on pages, uh, you can find my writing over at Hockey Royalty. And of course, like we mentioned, Wednesdays on Locked on NHL, uh, where Jess Bomasto and I talk all about Western Conference news. Yeah, and if and if you're and if you're following Locked on NHL, you'll he- you hear that familiar voice on this show. But if you're not, definitely subscribed. Where many, many, many talented people on this network of great hockey minds just come together and just talk about the the league as a whole. And Sarah is one of those many, many talented uh, people mm-hmm. on on this network. And for the Locked on Los Angeles Kings listeners. They can follow me on Twitter at monoman12 and follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And yeah, give me a follow where I talk uh, not only uh, Florida Panthers hockey, you'll, you'll hear me, you'll see me uh, tweet about my beloved Miami Dolphins, unfortunately. So you'll, you'll see that. But anyways, thank you for uh, joining me, Sarah. And I hope to connect with you back later in March. Yeah, with the uh, crypto whatever game. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And now for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's your team? Every day.